Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Good afternoon and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here together working on improving our financial IQ. Total Wealth Academy is an education and mentoring program for people that want to learn how to use real estate to build a second stream of income. We teach people how to use single family homes, apartments, self-storage, mobile home parks, senior living, hotels, anything that produces cash flow. The idea is you really need a second stream of income to succeed. Um, If you look at the statistics where 95% of Americans are failing to retire by age 65, you have to study the 5% who who are successfully retiring and what the majority of them have is second sometimes third, fourth, and fifth streams of income. So this seems to be the only business model that's really working. The idea of saving your way to retirement doesn't work. Um, No matter how much money you save, the moment you retire, you know, you're praying, please kill me before I run out of money. It's, It's just not a good way to live. Whereas what the students at Total Wealth Academy are doing is building a second stream of income that comes in for the rest of their lives, the rest of their lives. Whether they live five years in retirement or 50 years in retirement, doesn't matter. It still comes in. So today I want to talk about um, the top mistakes that single family investors make. Uh, This was requested by a listener and I'm actually writing an article for a magazine with the same subject, so I figured I'd share it with you in advance. This will give me some practice, and be aware that the phone lines are open. In other words, if I go through one of these and it doesn't make sense to you, give me a call, and I'll try to you know, explain it more effectively. Phone lines are open at 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSEV or you can email your question to me and I'll answer it on the air. It's steve at totalwealthacademy.com steve at totalwealthacademy.com Now it's hard to put these in any specific order. They're all extremely dangerous. They are mistakes that are 100% the responsibility of the investor. Uh, You have to understand that in real estate investing, anything that goes wrong without fail, you know, and this is a rule, so there there are a few exceptions, but they're, oh my God, they're so rare that in 30 years I've never seen them. But everything that goes wrong is the responsibility of the investor. It's something they did. 
because real estate doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's it's not doing anything. It You're the one doing it. And you have to understand that. If something goes wrong, it's your responsibility. But that's the way you want it because then you can do something about it. If real estate could do things that you had no control over, boy, you'd be in a really, you'd be in bad shape. It'd be really bad. But it doesn't. It just sits there. And the way that you manage it determines the value. Um, Well, single family, you know, to a degree, the market's going to control the value of single family. To some degree, the market controls commercial property as well. When it goes up in value, when it goes down in value. But what I'm talking about is anything that could really just screw up the deal. Because real estate going up and down in value doesn't screw up the deal. Unless you're a speculator. Unless you paid full price for the property and you thought that that's how real estate worked. And what you do is you go buy real estate at full price and just wait for it to go up in value. That's how you make money. Well, that's speculation, not investing. So you don't know what you're doing and you shouldn't be in real estate. So let's let's talk about some of these mistakes. I am going to save the number one for the end. The rest of these are all about even. It's kind of like there's one and two, 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 two. They're all just as important. The first mistake that I see is people overpaying for the property. Overpaying is when you go out and you find a $300,000 home that you can buy for two fifty, and you think, wow, what a great deal. And you walk through it and you go, oh, it just needs some cosmetic work, you know, maybe six, ten thousand dollars $10,000. And you buy the house, close on it, and then you go get a contractor to give you a bid. And the bid comes out at 35000 Because you missed so many things because people don't know what they're doing. They didn't realize you've got to repaint the entire house. You've got to put in new flooring throughout. In most cases, the kitchen needs to be updated, which is expensive. You didn't notice that the roof only had about a year left on its life expectancy. person didn't know what they were doing, and they overpaid. It is very hard to recover from overpaying for real estate. It, it begins to be speculation again. You didn't mean for it to be, but because you didn't know what you were doing and you made all these mistakes, it becomes you paid full price for the house. Now you, now you got to wait for it to go up in value. And because you paid full price, it doesn't even have any positive cash flow. So overpaying for the house is the first one I'm going to, is the first one that we are addressing. The second big mistake is not, I I kind of alluded to it in the first mistake, is not getting a written bid from a competent contractor 
before you close the deal. When you go under contract, you have a five to seven day option period. That means you can opt out of the deal. Usually costs you $100, $150 to get that option period. You get your earnest money back if you back out, but you don't get that option fee back. During that option period, you have to get a written contractor bid for all the repairs. If you thought it was 10 and it turns out to be 30 or 35, then you can back out of the deal and go find something better. All right, we'll talk more about this mistake when we come back from the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. The rich teach their kids differently than the poor and middle class. We are teaching our students what the rich teach their kids. Learn why saving your way to retirement doesn't work and how to build a second stream of income that comes in for the rest of your life. This allows you to retire at any age and simply enjoy more of your life with peace of mind about your financial future. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis, and we're talking about major mistakes that amateurs, uh, people who really don't know what they're doing, but they go out there egotistically, oh, I can do this, it's not rocket science, I'm just going to buy some real estate. And these mistakes, a lot of these, one person makes five or six of them. And then you know what they do? They go, real estate doesn't work. No, real estate works. You just didn't know what you were doing and you ran the property into the ground. I'll buy it from you at a deep discount. I'll take it off your hands at a deep discount. Um, So not doing the rehab up front is the second mistake that we're talking about. When you do a single family rental, you have to do all of the rehab up front. What most people do is they find the house for 300, they buy it for 250, they think there's only about $10,000 worth of work because they don't know what they're doing. They say, I'll just eke it out of the cash flow. Well, two years later, the house is still not completely rehabbed. They've seen no cash flow. And as I just mentioned, what do they say? Real estate doesn't work. No, (laughs) it does work. You, You just didn't know what you were doing. So you rehab the property all up front. Any system that doesn't have five years or more left on its life expectancy, replace it. I'm talking the hot water heater, the roof, the dishwasher. If it doesn't have five years or more left on its life expectancy, replace it right up front. Now, what this does is it keeps your maintenance costs down to almost zero the first seven years. But you're going to sell it at the end of the seventh year, so you don't care. Plus, it attracts the best tenants and the most prospects. 
because your competition doesn't know what they're doing. If you want to test this, for fun, go look at four rent houses for, for rent next weekend. Just go tour them. I bet you wouldn't lease one of them. Wouldn't lease one of them because they're all pieces of crap because people don't know how to manage single-family real estate. Well, then that a family does the same thing, but they come across your property and it is in perfect condition, you're going to have more and more people to pick from. This allows you to cherry pick and put the best tenant possible in your unit. So, reduces maintenance costs to almost nothing and allows you to attract and close the best tenant possible. Third thing. Well, that's really... The third thing is not taking the money in for rehab. and the, So, these two are side by side. The third thing is not taking the money in upfront for the rehab. The fourth thing is not knowing the proper loan to use to do that. Most people, because they don't know what they're doing, go out and use a conventional loan to buy rent property. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You use a thing called a bridge loan, commonly referred to as a hard money loan. You get a bridge loan. A bridge loan includes the money to purchase the house and to rehab the house all in one loan. Now let's first talk about the silliness, the stupidity of paying cash for property. This causes you to have a thing called dead equity. The rate of return, and you can do the math, if you pay cash for a rent property, you're going to make about a 7-8% rate of return, about the same as the stock market. If you use a mortgage, you're probably going to make a 20-21% rate of return, three times what the stock market makes. Paying cash for houses is foolish and it's extremely slow. If you were going to live two, three hundred years, sure, pay cash, take it slow. No problem. Unfortunately, you ain't. You, you got about 75 years. You need to be buying property rapidly to build wealth quickly. So if some guy goes in and pays $300,000 cash for a house, he could have bought 10 houses. He's making, we'll say, $1,000 or 50, let's say it's $1,500 a month off that one house. If he had bought 10 houses, he'd be making $5,000 a month. How many people can quit their job on $1,500 a month? Probably nobody. How many of you could quit your job with $5,000 a month coming in? Quite a few people. So it is foolish and ineffective to pay cash for real estate. Sorry, Dave Ramsey, you are beyond wrong on this point. Still love you. Love every, just about everything else you say. 
But if you're following Dave Rams and you think you're supposed to pay cash for everything, yeah, if you're going to live to be 200, that's a real good idea. But last I checked, it's about 75. Only 1% of Americans live past 80. The next major mistake, doing the rehab yourself. Doing the rehab yourself. This is foolish. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to buy the house, and because you're cheap, and because you didn't know the right loan to use, and because you're having to pay for the rehab out of your pocket, you think you're going to save money by rehabbing it yourself. Here's what's going to happen. A year later, you won't be finished. You'll have lost a year's worth of leases. At $2,000 a month, that's $24,000. You were probably going to save $10,000 by doing the work, and you just lost $24,000. It is foolish and ineffective. Next major mistake. Let's assume now that a person has done everything right up to this point. They have purchased the property at the right price. They've done the rehab up front. They've financed the property. They've made it perfect. Now they're in leasing stage. Here's the big mistake. They don't answer their freaking phone. Don't answer the phone. <laughs> How are you going to lease it if you won't answer your doggone phone? You can't. I'll give you an example. Guy comes in to me after even hearing what I just told you. Comes into me and goes, man, I haven't leased my house. I've had it on the market for three weeks. I go, man, that's ridiculous. Um, do you have it priced right? Yeah, he shows me the comps. He's got it priced right. Did you completely rehab it? Yes, he even show me the pictures. You know, he's really bragging. He's really happy about the property. He goes, well, how many phone calls you got? He pulls out his phone, pulls out his messages, and goes, one, two, three, four, five, about 15. 15 messages, and he can't lease it because he's not answering his phone. Of those 15 people, I would say on average, four to five of them would have leased the property, but he didn't even answer his phone. And he didn't make the callbacks after they left a message. And the ones he did, he couldn't get a hold of. See, you answer your phone because the people are available. They're on the phone waiting to talk to you. You answer the phone because they're hot. They're ready to buy. And there's multiple other reasons that we discuss in the Saturday class. But you've got to answer your phone. The next major mistake that people make being nice when they're leasing. This is a huge mistake. Yet every one of you right now is going, Steve, what are you talking about? You're, you're not nice to your prospective tenants? Nope. I'm a bear. When I'm leasing, I'm a bear. Not an ass. A bear. I am what we call brutally honest. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 
Rent is due on the first and late on the second. On the fourth, I will send you an eviction letter. Do you understand that? Yes, Mr. Davis. Great. Initial here that you understand that. The first $250 of any repair on the house while you're living there is your responsibility. Do you understand that, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yes, I do. Great. Initial here that you understand that. Straightforward, blunt, to the point, brutally honest. It's professional. And what you're doing by being a bear up front, you're scaring off bad tenants. They know you're not going to put up with their crap. So they will disappear and you won't even have to screen them. All right, we'll talk more about the bear and the bunny rabbit when we come back from the break. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where we're talking about the bear and the bunny rabbit. What it is, is when you're leasing, you want to be a bear. Most people think you want to be sweet, you want to be super nice, you want to entice them to lease from you. Um, that is the furthest from the truth. Completely ineffective. Bad tenants love you. They love you because you're a little sap. You're a little sucker. And they know it. You have to be brutally honest, highly professional, and straightforward. And what you're doing is you're setting the stage for when they do something wrong later on. You want them to know that you can turn into a bear at any time. Now, once they move in, they've paid their security deposit, they've paid the full first month's rent, always prorate the second month, they've paid their fees, pet fees, whatever is going on, you got all the money in the bank, and you hand them the key, you are now a bunny rabbit. Because they're moved in. And now it's all about tenant retention keeping that person in place for two, three, four, five years. And my favorite example of the bunny rabbit is your tenant calls you with a, an AC broken and the wife of the, in the family is pregnant. Here's how you take that call. I am so sorry. Give me 10 minutes. Either my AC guy or I will be back on the phone with you. If I can get a hold of my AC guy, he will call you in 10 minutes. He will come out there and attempt to repair the AC right now. If he cannot repair it, he's going to have a window unit with him that we can put in 
your wife's bedroom so that she will be comfortable. Give me 10 minutes, okay? All right, thank you. That's Bunny Rabbit. Notice how I still sounded professional, but I'm bending over backwards to take care of this great tenant with perfect credit, perfect criminal record, perfect rental history, perfect income. I want to keep them. So take care of them. Remember, where does money come from? Only one place, other people. You want more money in your pocket? Has to come out of somebody else's pocket. There's no big pile of unclaimed money out there. You take care and help and serve your tenant quickly, effectively, and with no bear involved. I mean, I know people that get mad at their tenant because their AC went out. It's like, it's not the tenant's fault. (laughs) You know, it's, come on. And they get mad at them, and the next thing you know, that tenant's moving out. So make sure that you're using the bear and bunny rabbit strategy. Now, those of you who are introverts, you're a little shy, you're a little fearful type personality, remember, the bear is not an ass. You're not being mean. You can do this. It's Think of it from the point of view of brutal honesty. That's all you're doing. You're telling the doggone truth. Rent is due on the first, late on the second, I evict you on the fourth. Any problems? You've got to do it. If you're bunny rabbit up front, they will take advantage of you and you will have a terrible landlord-tenant relationship. If you use the bear up front, bunny later, then you're going to have a wonderful relationship with your tenants. They're going to take better care of the property. They're going to pay their rent on time. They're going to keep up their side of the lease because you're keeping up your side. So, next one. Not fully screening the tenants. I've been on the radio for 20 plus years. I have people call me with bad tenants all the time. In Every case except for one, the landlord had not run a credit and criminal report. Unbelievable. You really let somebody take control of a $200,000, $300,000 asset and you didn't run a credit and criminal report on them? What in the daylights are you thinking? You run credit report, criminal report, You talk to two landlords, the present landlord and a previous landlord. Why? Because the present landlord will lie to you. If he's got a horrible tenant, you call up and say, hey, tell me a little bit about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They're the best. They take care of the property. They pay their rent on time every time. Oh, I'm going to miss them. You call the previous landlord and he goes, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, let me think. Oh my God, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that kid's a criminal. The whole house smelled like marijuana when he left. He smoked in the house. He never paid his rent on time. There were holes in the walls. There were doors taken off their hinges. You'll get more truth 
from the second landlord you contact than you will the first. And then the fourth step, again, credit report, criminal report, talk to two landlords. The fourth step, call the employment, verify that they make three times rent. If the rent is 2000 a month, make sure that they make 6000 a month. If they're self-employed, get the last three months bank statements and make sure that $6,000 or more, they have $6,000 or more of deposits. And you got to do that. You cannot, and you can't look at their tax returns. Tax returns are not going to tell you anything. Why? Because self-employed people write off everything. Shooting themselves in the foot <laughs> by doing so. Uh, they think they're saving taxes, but all they're doing is showing no income, which means they'll never be able to buy a house or a car or grow as a human being financially. So you got to look at the bank statements. So not doing, not fully screening the tenants is the big, is one of the big mistakes. Now, I mentioned this a little bit before. The next mistake is not taking care of your tenants like a bunny rabbit. If you don't take care of your tenants properly, they will move out on you first chance they get or the first time you have to raise the rent. You got to be aware that in 2009, 10, 11, I was raising the rents on my single family homes 100 bucks a year. Guess how many tenants I lost? None. Not one tenant moved out. Why? Because they knew, one, they'd have to pay the same rent with somebody else, and two, they knew they wouldn't get as effective and caring a landlord as I was. And then we get to the top mistake. And some of you have probably already figured it out. What's the number one mistake that can prevent every mistake that I just listed. Not educating yourself first. Literally saying, I'm going to go buy a $300,000 asset. I'm not going to take a class on how to manage it. <laughs> really? A $300,000 asset, first time you've ever owned one, and you're not going to go take a class on how to manage that thing? A 500 buck class? $300,000 investment, $500 to learn how to do it. Might want to reconsider that. So there's the number one mistake. Why is it number one? Because it leads to every one of the other mistakes. If they don't do number one, educate themselves first, most people are going to make every one, not just some of them, every one of the mistakes. I've actually consulted people that had made, they weren't even in the uh, leasing stage and they had already made five or six mistakes. You have to understand that the average person who goes out and buys a rent property loses $20,000. So make sure that you educate yourself first. Doesn't have to be with us, but please give, give us a shot at it. Um, so there we go. Those are the top single family mistakes. And as soon as the article is published, I will uh, offer a link to anybody that wants it 
Do not email me now. I don't have the link yet. But once the article is published, I'll get on the air and offer it to everybody if you would like to read it. Okay. All right. I've got four, five, six emailed questions. If you've got a question for me, please email me now because we're coming up on the final segment of today's show. It is steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Or you can call in 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. Remember, if you want to find out how to get educated at Total Wealth Academy, go to TotalWealthAcademy.com and click on the free sample class. Take that first, please. TotalWealthAcademy.com, free sample class. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk more after the break. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. We're headed into the question and answer portion of the show. So if you've got a question for me, please give me a call now. 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV, or fire me an email. Put anonymous in the subject line if you don't want me to use your name. Anonymous in the subject line. It's Steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com, Steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com. Now, this first one comes from a member of Total Wealth Academy. I'm assuming, Elvin, you haven't taken the Saturday class yet um, because he's asking for help being a wholesaler. And I actually teach wholesaling in the Saturday class. Upon graduation of the Saturday class, the members area opens up to you at TotalWealthAcademy.com and there are additional classes on wholesaling in the members area. So absolutely, you can get all the help you'll need to be a competent wholesaler in the Saturday class and the additional classes online. So hope that helps, Elvin. And thanks for being a member. I truly appreciate it. Okay, phone lines are open, 281 281- Five five eight five seven three eight two eight one five five eight KSEV. Um, Amanda, you got somebody sneaking um, people in. Who before the lease starts? Okay, Amanda. You probably should have told me to keep this one anonymous. Um, Amanda, what are you doing giving keys to people before the lease starts? What are you doing? You set yourself up for this. 
You cannot do that ever. I'm also worried that you don't have the first month's rent, the security deposit, and all the additional fees in your bank account. So you created this problem. The minute that lease goes into effect, file for eviction. File for eviction. I'm going to give you the details of that in an email, but do not do that again, Amanda. You do not give keys to a tenant until the lease starts and you have the first month's rent, not prorated, full first month's rent, you prorate the second month, full deposit, and all the fees. Then, and only then, when those are in your bank, certified funds, then you give them a key. But if they're sneaking people, roommates in, these are bad people. You've got to evict them immediately. Immediately. And, and again, I'm going to email you and give you the details how to do that in this circumstance. Okay, phone lines are open 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSEV. This next one's from Muhammad, and your landlord is not doing repairs in a timely fashion. There's not a lot you can do, but I will tell you this. Do not release with this landlord. When that lease expires, get the heck out. Now, I'm going to email you and find out if any of these repairs are AC, heat, or hot water heater. In those cases, those are health issues, and you can. there's a lot you can do about that. So I'll email you right after the show, Muhammad, and we'll work together to figure out something you can do. Um, but just understand, a bad landlord isn't going to change. Do not release from this person. I don't care if you're happy there. Get out as soon as you can but I'll email you right after the show. Okay. Next question. Oh, this is Amanda again. Huh. Okay, you got the security deposit, but you didn't get the first month's rent. You prorated it. Yeah. When a person moves in, you collect a full first month's rent. Even if they move in on the 15th, you prorate the second month. You did collect certified funds. In other words, you got the cash in the bank. That's excellent, Amanda. Um, you did run a credit and criminal report. That's good. Doesn't look like you talked to two landlords, though. Just the previous landlord. The current landlord, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are students trying to sneak in other students. Yeah, you're going to have to get rid of them. Get rid of them. Now, with that said, Amanda, if you send them the three-day eviction notice for having more tent people in there that are not on the lease, and they immediately get them to move out, I would, of course, give them the opportunity to stay. I just don't think that's going to happen. And that's just based off my past experience with dealing with student housing. So, yeah, start the eviction. 
if the lease begins August 1st, you put that three-day eviction on the door August 1st with the explanation. But again, I'm going to email you afterwards. Thank you for emailing me back. Okay, this next question. Oh, phone lines are open. 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSEV. Or email me. It's asksteve at totalwealthacademy.com. Asksteve at totalwealthacademy.com. This is from Carl. I'm not sure what this means. You've got a plumber who changed the scope of worked work, and now he's raising the price. Oh, I see. He went ahead and did it without getting your approval. Hmm. Wow. That's a tough one. You don't even know if the work was really required. Um, this is a tough one. Because if the work really did need to be done, then I don't mind paying a plumber. But if they don't tell me and document it, I'm not going to pay them. I didn't ask for the work. I didn't contract. It's not on the contract. I'm not going to pay them. Now, Carl, if he has photos and he can document what was wrong and it doesn't look like he did it himself, um, I would pay him. Yeah, this is going to require, Carl, some communication between you and the plumber. And it looks like from your last paragraph that you and the plumber are in contact. Um, just remember this, Carl. Don't raise your voice. Don't get upset. He has nothing to stand on. Nothing. He's totally dependent on your goodwill because it wasn't in the contract. He did work beyond the scope of the contract without your knowledge, without getting a signature. You don't owe him the money. But Carl, if you're a good person and there really was additional work and he can prove it, then I'd pay him. But it's got to be really good photos. It's got to look like it was old, an old problem, you know, and not something he did when he was doing the work. Um, yeah, I'm going to need a little more information. I'll, I'll, I will email you and ask you a couple questions about that last paragraph, Carl. All right, thanks for the email. All right. Phone lines are open, 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. Okay, join the discussion. Um, Stryker, you're a single family. Cool name, by the way. You're a single family investor about to buy a 31-unit apartment. Yeah, you better take a course. I, I will tell you this, that single family and apartments are two totally different things. They do not manage the same way. You have to understand commercial apartments before you buy this. 
Yes, our classes will teach you that, um, but there's also a, an additional class you're going to want to take from the National Apartment Association. Um, but Stryker, yes, this is what I do. I walk people through the purchase, negotiation, every aspect of apartment investing. So, yeah, please, it says you've already registered for the free sample class. That is the first step. And yes, I would be happy to help you with this. Just stay humble. Just because you can run single family does not mean you can run apartments. But I can solve that for you. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening today. Have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.